Lodgecasters, welcome to the Lodgecast, the official podcast of Gentleman'sAvenue.com. I'm your host, Mr. M. This is being recorded at the Lodge in Whittier, California. We're on the 13th floor, the penthouse suite. We went straight to the top of the damn building. You're tuned in to episode 13. We have an awesome burlesque dancer. I mean, this woman, she is just not a burlesque dancer. She's just not a pinup model. She's an awesome person, a businesswoman. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that interview. Will she dance? We will see. So today is June 12th, 2017. Remember, you can find us on our website, gentlemansavenue.com forward slash the Lodgecast. On social media, you can find us on Instagram at Lodgecast, on Twitter at the Lodgecast. You can download this on iTunes, Blurberry. And don't forget, there's a podcast, which is the audio only portion. Then there's the vodcast, which is the entire video. So whatever you're, we're going to have images up. Ruby bought a a few things over to show. So if you want to see the vodcast and what we're talking about, make sure you tune into that. This episode is sponsored by our house brand, Old Duck Grooming. So you're going to want to check out our commercial. I'm going to put that up and I'll be right back. I spent hundreds of hours researching all natural ingredients and discovered for thousands of years they have been used for medicine and grooming. I also researched and found the highest quality ingredients to produce an all natural, zero toxin, no chemical shave cream. My product was not developed in a laboratory or by some machine. It was developed with passion, innovation, and creativity. My product not only promotes healing, but also revitalization. The days of needing shave oil, shave cream, aftershave, and moisturizing lotion for your face are gone. Our product is an all-in-one. We sent our product to barbers from around the world and nobody has ever seen a shave cream perform and provide the nourishment and revitalization as ours does. There is nothing on the market like it today. Shaving is the most traumatic act that you can do in grooming. And that is why our product promotes healing and revitalization. Old Duck Grooming is committed to the highest quality ingredients to produce the highest quality product. Check us out at oldduckltd.com. Let me give you the latest and the greatest uh, here at Gentleman'sAvenue.com. Two days ago, I had Jacob Dominguez. I mean, this guy's a low-riding legend. I mean, this guy's Duke's Orange County. And he came with his family, which was, you know, really, really cool because, uh, you know, low-riding for him is a lifestyle that is very family, family family-centered. It's not like maybe how some of the movies want to depict that it's about violence and rivalry, you know, people out there destroying cars or whatever. I mean, he really brings a positive vibe. I mean, they brought the historic car, the one of the Ruelas cars that they picked up, a 1940 car, him and his son, 
his wife and his grandkids. It was, man, he had his granddaughter sit here during the interview. That was just, that spoke volumes to me. I mean, not only has this guy got, you know, some of the baddest cars around and been doing it, you know, virtually his entire life, but he's family oriented. That was just awesome for me. So, you know, it was a great experience and uh, we got some really cool footage of the cars, which we included in the podcast. So yeah, that was just an awesome, awesome opportunity. Um, I'm, this week I'll be wrapping up uh, a tribute video. Uh, Omar Romero's Barbershop in Silver Lake there. Vinny's Barbershop is celebrating this Saturday. They'll be celebrating their fifth year anniversary. And it's pretty cool because I went early on. You know, I was there early on. Uh, photographing. I went there several times photographing and then I ended up working on a film and I was doing a film on Omar and another barber. Uh, I haven't released any of that stuff yet. So, but, but, you know, I, I created this little, you know, bunch of little snippets for, you know, some of the guys, they look totally young, you know, and then, you know, pre beard and, and all that stuff. So it's cool to see some of them have moved on to other shops, but to hear them talk of the shop and the opportunities they have, and so that, that's really been fun for me to revisit footage that I had, you know, shot, you know, God, was it about three years ago? And to revisit it now and look at it with fresh eyes. And, you know, it kind of lit a fire under my butt. Like, I need to finish this film. I need to get it all wrapped up and hopefully, you know, get it, uh, you know, a, a media company to pick it up. So that'll pretty much wrap up the latest and the greatest here with Gentleman's Avenue. And let me invite Ruby Champagne onto our set. Come on down, Ruby. The amazing Ruby Champagne. Hello. <laughs> and here we are. Oh, yes. Hello. Here we are. <laughs> Maybe I should just sit here quietly. We just have like a pause for a minute. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be creepy. But, <laughs> but I do want to talk about our past. Okay. Okay. Yes. We, 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 I, I know this is kind of weird, but we do kind of have a past somewhat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't remember, but um, no, okay. I don't. Please update me. Um, <laughs> Remind me. Yeah, we, we we actually met. I remember meeting. Yeah, yes. yeah. Where did we meet at? It was at a car show, yes. or no, the Dia de los Muertos festival. I Probably. believe that's yeah. kind of like a car show. The Whittier. Fix that on the side there. There you go. What push did it I up. Do? Push up the arm right here. There you go. What's wrong with it? Just push it up. The arm itself. I can't. Well, this hear piece it. right here. See how this goes like this? There you go. Then straighten it out. There you go. Oh. Perfect. Oh, okay. Just, just perfection. We <laughs> wanted to be everything to be perfect. There. So yeah, I, I remember there we were at uh, my probably it was it was an uptown Whittier. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I, I think I'd already written about you. Do you remember I wrote about you? Yes. For the website. Yes. And uh, so I was like, you know, totally nervous to walk up to meet you. You know. <laughs> I was like that creepy guy standing there like going, I want to meet her, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you, you know, that's the way it is right on social media. Sometimes mm -hmm. you quote unquote know somebody, but you really don't because sure, it, it's sure. through emails and through DMs and whatever else. Right. Just comments. Yeah. And, and so to actually, you know, I, I was thinking like, OK, I hope I hope she doesn't like kill it for me, like turn out just to be like get away from me you know like <laughs> super creepy yeah like you know, Ew. You know what i mean Hi. yeah get the hand sanitizer after <laughs> but you weren't that way and no that, that, not at all <laughs> that's really what kind of endeared me to to you even more where i was like you know you're 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 you really are a sweet person and that's not like you know a childish thing it's it's, it's really like a 
very authentic and original thing because mm -hmm. so many people get like conceited and, you know, this reputation of, you know, I'm so-and-so and, you know, don't talk to me directly. Don't yes. even look directly and, <laughs> you know. Sure. Got something flying around here. But you weren't that way, which was no. awesome. Yes. Thank you. That made it even better because I think the the title of the article that I wrote was something about uh, something about would make Varga proud. Oh. Uh, something like that. Mm -hmm. It was basically alluding because you're not only, I mean, where did you get your start? My start was the whole thing originally as pursuing burlesque. Mm -hmm. So I started originally uh, taking classes in New York at the New York School of Burlesque mm -hmm. and learning to to perform. And then when I moved to California, back home, because I'm originally from California, Southern California, I I saw how the burlesque scene for lack of a better word uh, or a lot of the burlesque shows were incorporated into the rockabilly mm -hmm. shows and events and whatnot so it just uh was just like a natural segue into to dabbling into the pinup modeling and so you're, whatnot. You're, you're originally from california but you were in new york <laughs> yes i lived in new york for three years and how was that it was wonderful, but I came home. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, yeah, the winter and the summer. Yes. Did, you, did you like the, that time of the year? Uh, no, not really. No. <laughs> the winters were very brutal. Mm -hmm. And I, I think my first winter there, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't as noticeable. I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in New York. I'm living my dream. I'm doing what I wanted. And mm -hmm. so I didn't really let it bother me. But mm -hmm. after the second year and then the third year, I thought, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I did it. I'm going to go back home now. <laughs> you, got to, you got to experience it. I did, yeah. Wow. It was yeah. a great experience. I'm so glad that I was able to do that and mm -hmm. and grow as an individual. And I grew professionally in my career, my mm -hmm. day job career. And I was able to start my, my burlesque career. So you went out there. With, did you have family out there, you said? No, I just moved because I wanted to. Wow. <laughs> See, that, that's... Uh, that's admirable because it's it takes a lot of courage, you know, to get out not only out of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. but then to also not be around people that, you know, you could just call and they'll be there within whatever, 20, 30 minutes to come to your help, your assistance, you know, yes. to be like, I'm literally going to go and transplant myself. Right. <laughs> and kind of to a certain degree, probably figure it out. I did. Yeah. I had to figure it out all mm -hmm. on my own, essentially. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So you got your start. So you, you started. Okay. What attracted you to burlesque? Well, <laughs> my attraction for burlesque really was seated when I had seen the movie Gypsy with Natalie Wood mm -hmm. when I was a wee little child. <laughs> <laughs> but I always remember watching that film and just being absolutely enamored with Natalie Wood. Mm -hmm. I'm such a gigantic fan of hers. And I always remember the gorgeous gowns and the the fur stoles and her beautiful updos. And I always remember the, the dresses and the costuming in that mm -hmm. movie. But I didn't know exactly what it was about. I just was watching the aesthetics of mm -hmm. it. Fast forward to adult life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I started going to a club in Hollywood where one of my girlfriends was a principal dancer. And then I came to discover that they were calling it burlesque. And then I made the connection that it looked very close to what I had remembered from watching the movie Gypsy. Mm -hmm. So then I learned to discover that this was 
called something that it was mm-hmm. called burlesque. So I immediately just, you know, saturated myself with all things burlesque and, mm-hmm. and loved going to any shows possible. So when I moved to New York, I met a friend out there who also liked to go out as much as I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she invited me to go to a burlesque show. So I was so excited to finally go catch a burlesque show mm-hmm. in New York City. And going to the burlesque shows out there, I saw how it was all different shapes and sizes of women and men. Mm-hmm. And they embraced their bodies. They embraced their beauty. Mm-hmm. And it was just so so inspiring to see that Mm -hmm. because the shows that I would see in Hollywood, it was primarily, you know, tiny little dancer bodies. So I always thought I'm not going to get to do that because I don't Mm -hmm. have a tiny little dancer body like they do. (laughs) (laughs) So seeing the shows in New York inspired me to, to look into it Mm -hmm. and and consider maybe I would be able to do it. And naturally the first class I took, I was hooked and I thought, Oh yeah, I belong on a stage. <laughs> <laughs> so as a child, you had no dance, no classes? No? Oh, yeah. I've been taking classes okay. since I was little. Yeah, I would take ballet, tap, and jazz. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I was dancing for a long time up until about high school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, became a little rebel and didn't want to <laughs> take any more classes in high school. But then um, in my 20s, I discovered the salsa scene. Mm-hmm. So I would salsa dance like five nights a week. So I was considered like a salsa holic because we right. would go dancing all the time. So I've always loved to dance. So I mean, so it sounds like you're getting, I mean, you're getting this. This, what are you getting in return? You're getting something out of the, the experience of dancing, whether it's burlesque or salsa. What is it mm-hmm. that you feel that you're getting? I feel like it's a, it's just like a spiritual connection for me because mm-hmm. it's it's something I just love to do and and I enjoy movement mm-hmm. and so it's just a very liberating and i don't know it's just like a like a natural high Mm. really that you feel after it's like because when you have that one good salsa dance like oh man i feel so great that was such a fun dance and the same thing with the show did you do the forbidden dance no that's lambada (laughs) (laughs) i don't recall doing that but (laughs) bachata nowadays has a little bit of the Lambada-esque mm-hmm. inspiration incorporated the into it. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bachata's evolved much, okay. a lot, since I first uh-huh. s- discovered it back in the day. <laughs> so you, you started taking the classes while you are in New York, mm-hmm. right? To burlesque. Yes. What, was there, Were you timid at all in the beginning? Were you like, okay, this is kind of weird? Because, you know, bur- burlesque, first tell us, it, dif- distinguish it from maybe what some people believe is stripping. Distinguish it. Well, burlesque is is stripping. Its its roots are are in in stripping. So mm-hmm. it is the art form where a performer or an entertainer will remove their clothing and essentially end up in uh, pasties and a g string or a thong or mm-hmm. nowadays a merkin. So it it does have the roots in the stripping, and it's the only art form that will end with somebody wearing pasties. So that's the, the unique part of it is the tease factor. A lot of people uh, like to differentiate it with having more of the tease factor mm-hmm. as opposed to what I call modern day stripping where they might have some choreography because there's some amazingly talented strippers out mm-hmm. there nowadays. And I know many of them are my friends and I've taken classes with them and it's phenomenal. Like yeah. I admire them so much. Yeah, they got to earn their money. Yeah, they got to make their money. That dollar bill don't come exactly. Yeah, exactly. So so basically, you're saying burlesque is not complete nude. 
So even no, it's not completely new. Yeah. No, because they that's the one art form where you do have the pasties and the thong or g string or a merkin. So that's what uh, differentiates it from modern day stripping. And a merkin is what? what? What's a merkin? It's kind of like a little clam. So it. Uh, oh, is it like the the so like it, fans like, or? No, it's a, it's like an undergarment. What's but, an undergarment? So it's essentially like the g string without strings. So it's like oh. a little cup. <laughs> so it covers the privates. Okay. And some some places have uh, restrictions of uh, not showing the, the butt. Okay. So the merkin kind of helps cover that as well. Oh, the actual crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, now I understand. Yeah. So you start doing it. You start taking the classes and you're hooked. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, it, when, when was, what, what did, your, did you tell your parents, hey, mom, guess what? Or how did all that come about? I don't remember. I just remember when I talked to my dad about it and I told him I was so excited that I was taking these classes mm-hmm. of burlesque dancing and it was so fun and I loved it. And um, I don't think he really <laughs> paid attention. He was just like, that's that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. And that was about it. So um, my dad didn't really say much about it. My mom, I don't think she really understood until I moved back here, back home. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of started seeing a little bit more of what I was doing and she just was like, well, what are you doing and why are you doing it and how long are you going to be doing this? They were, are your parents conservative? Yes. Yeah. My mom is more conservative than my dad. So, yeah, yeah they're like wanting to know your long term. Yeah. Like what, why, when, how, how long? <laughs> Those are my mom's questions. My dad doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't ask me anything about it, actually. Well, but, probably because it's safer, right? It'd be an odd, right. awkward conversation. Like <laughs> he'd rather just not know. So how do the pasties? <laughs> how do the pasties stick on again? No, yeah. that would be like a yeah, that would be an odd conversation. It could be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think overall they're they're supportive, mm-hmm. and I I feel that at this point in my burlesque career, my mom accepts that that it is a career, and that um, and it's something that I love, and she hasn't asked me in a while. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're if probably I plan like, on quote unquote retiring. Yeah, yeah, they're probably like, yeah, it's not a fad for her. Yeah, it's, she's she's in it for the long haul. Yeah, because uh, you they what's your nickname? My tagline is the Mexican Spitfire of Burlesque. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, I, I matter of fact, I do have an image <laughs> of you. Um, oh yeah, pull it up because are are these suits? So this in this one year, what what is this suit? What do you call it? Um, this is a it's it's a classic burlesque costume in the fact that it has sequins, like lots mm-hmm. of rhinestones, and it has beaded fringe. And the fringe tends to be a common costume piece with classic burlesque costumes. Mm-hmm. And it also has a sequined uh, corset. Mm-hmm. So some this somebody makes this right. I mean, this isn't yes. like you know you can't go to Walmart and. You know, going to the burlesque section or the bathing suit section and just kind of figure it out. No, unfortunately, this is being no. made, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I I made those pieces actually. You made this? Yes. Well, I I bought the corset and I you I embellished it. Yes, but I and I bought the bra obviously, but I um, modified it and added all those crystals one by one. <laughs> so we're we're talking not only is it the actual physical ability to dance and choreograph. But then also, you're basically making. Do you call it? Do you call it a costume, or what do you call it? Costume, yes. So then you make your own costume. Yes. I mean, that's 
that's really impressive because that's you know um yeah that's like a tattooer that makes his own gun and his own ink you know yeah yeah i i love i love making my own costumes because i feel like it gives me a personal connection to that particular act um so i don't know i just i prefer to make them when i can Mm. but i'm not all that too savvy with my sewing skills so i have um the glue gun (laughs) glue (laughs) fabric glue is my best friend (laughs) but sometimes i can't do something with just fabric glue so i have um I'd say I make 95% of my costumes mm-hmm. and then the rest I do seek out uh, professional seamstresses to help me with, uh, the with intricate parts. better pieces. Yeah. 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 No, that's impressive. Like I said, that that's, uh, and, and everybody that's listening to the podcast, if you tune in the vodcast, this image will be to the right of where Ruby is sitting. So if you want to see what we're talking about, make sure you tune into the vodcast and you can see it. Uh, because, so is this, pieces of this come off i mean is this yes is that what it is the in this particular costume the bra comes off i don't take off the corset because that takes too long and sometimes it doesn't come off and so i just leave it on Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the fringe the beaded fringe bottoms those stay on as well so just even looking at this i mean like you were saying earlier it's the tease yes it's it's um it's that interacting with that mind the the human mind Mm -hmm. of whoever right the audience you're engaging on a different level where it's not just, you know, show me nudity, you know, right. show me all up in your face. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, it, it's working on a different level mm-hmm. of the yes. person. It, it is. I don't know. Like It it's is almost like telling the story because mm. you're essentially you're kind of telling a story when you're stripping or burlesque performing for mm keeping it try to keep the differentiation um so yeah you and you're trying to engage your audience to to continue watching mm-hmm. and to anticipate what's coming up next what mm-hmm. is she going to take off next so yeah so it's kind of like a play right with mm-hmm. scenes yes where it's unfolding and then you have i guess for lack of a better word a climax where you're mm-hmm. and then the finale yes which is also guys, called the big reveal oh the big so is, is there different parts of burlesque like how i just said there's Whatever. Is it, do, you, do you guys have different names for? Uh, well, it's usually a you know beginning, middle, and end, <laughs> and with <laughs> the end being big bit. reveal. Yeah. Okay, the big um, reveal. But there's there's some burlesque terminology with movements as mm. far as like bump and grind. That's a <laughs> that's a burlesque thing. Is that like from the twenties? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. That pretty term. Much. Wow. Bumps and grinds and um, shimmies like shimmies. the yeah. Okay. Okay. So those are burlesque terms. Yeah. So, because it's it's fascinating. And peel glove peel, peel. Mm-hmm. all the actual glo- removing. Because sometimes mm-hmm. they do right. They have the longer gloves that yes. go up like the forearm and yeah. Usually they're upper length glove, but there's also performers that use shorter ones mm-hmm. and they still you know use the tease factor with just you know using their teeth perhaps and grabbing <laughs> one finger at a time and pulling it off slowly. <laughs> Very or, sensual. Yeah, yeah. Or just you know ripping it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What does burlesque mean? Burlesque? Oh, my gosh. It's not a quiz. <laughs> I don't think they even have like a burlesque I license I used to revoked. know, but I can't remember I at the either. current moment. I should have looked it up. I should have looked it up as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been around for a hell of a long time. It has since the 1900s. Well, it came to the United States in the 1900s. Mm. Did it have a roots in like vaudeville maybe? or? Yes. And like in, well, 
I know it goes back a lot longer than I can currently remember, mm-hmm. but the four blondes were the ones that that came to the United States and essentially pioneered burlesque movement in the United States. But it does have its roots in the vaudeville, and um, it was um, it was like a satire. They mm. were making fun of the the bourgeois. Mm. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. So mm-hmm. the, the dance and. Like you're saying, it was the scenes, the, like a play unfolding right, right. that was able to to do it. Yes. Um, so what was your first experience like? The first time you got on stage and you're like, that's it. It's yes. going down. <laughs> or coming off. Yes. It's what coming was off. That like? <laughs> what was that like? It was absolutely exhilarating and exciting and such a great accomplishment Mm -hmm. of course i was nervous but i feel i was overcome more with excitement of of finally getting to debut as ruby champagne for my very first burlesque performance it Mm -hmm. was i mostly remember it being an exciting moment Mm. yeah wow so you did it did you do it in new york or here in california in new york and i actually i had already moved back to california Mm -hmm. but having studied in new york i really wanted my debut to be in new york Mm -hmm. so i flew back to new york to have my my first burlesque debut in new york so that's where ruby champagne was born that's where ruby was born yes yeah and and so you earlier you were saying about there's a a tie-in with the rockabilly scene right yes uh tell us about that i mean what, what 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 are the the common threads well it seemed back then which i'd say about 10 years ago mm-hmm. when i had first started looking into the burlesque shows around los angeles and thanks to myspace back then <laughs> okay yes that long ago <laughs> um i found some of the burlesque shows and back then it seemed like a lot of the rockabilly shows had burlesque in between the sets mm-hmm. so that's how i kind of came across the <clears throat> excuse me the rockabilly um culture mm-hmm. and the rockabilly scene was through burlesque essentially yeah because mm-hmm. i'd already i already was familiar with vintage and that style but um having been in the salsa scene and then mm-hmm. lived in new york so i wasn't really privy to what was going on in los angeles so i came across the the rockabilly scene through burlesque mm-hmm. finding different gigs and shows and opportunities yeah, i saw you at uh, the million dollar theater when Santos did the oh yes, La Muerte Muerte Vive. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was there. I was the one probably screaming the loudest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good time. You know, because yes. that was very theatrical. Very yes, right. It, it, and you fit right in because then you'd come in with the music, and they had that sultry type, you know, trumpets and yes, you know, seductiveness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what what, what I, I I started. There's a there was a I don't know what it is a documentary on Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. about burlesque and i i tried watching it because i'm like you know what? i'm gonna get myself prepared and i and i started to watch it and i quickly lost interest because i was like i don't know what the hell you people are trying to do or say or <laughs> it, it, you know what i mean but it was the one thing i did understand that it's very sensual it's very much engaging and, and to see you perform because mm-hmm. that's the only time i've seen you perform was there at the uh which was cool because that's a real historic theater yes. right downtown la and yes you're kind of bringing that, you know, maybe it was a forbidden art form, right? Because it was kind of seedy, right? Probably back in the days. Well, a lot of, they, they actually had burlesque shows in those theaters oh, back did they in really? the day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because it's probably like right along with tattooing, right? It's, 
you know, the little taboo. Yeah. Or if it wasn't burlesque, it might have just been like uh, rumberas, you know, Mm -hmm. like that kind of dancing. Yeah. And a lot of the rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. The rhythm. The rhythm is in your your song choice. Uh, How do you go about? Is it just like going, I like this song or what is it? Because I think I saw one of your YouTube videos and you're dancing to, I think it was Carlos Santana. Oh, yeah. Oye, como va? (laughs) Yeah. I don't do that act very often. Okay. Yeah. Well, luckily it's preserved on YouTube for all eternity. <laughs> all eternity. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, this will be preserved for all eternity. Yes. <laughs> as long as digital right? formats exist. <laughs> people will be like, yeah, that guy's creepy. Look at him. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, um, so how do you go about choosing your music? Um, it's usually with the rhythm mm-hmm. and the speed. So mm-hmm. I feel I kind of try and find a connection with my movement and connecting with the music to see if it's something that I could move to and mm-hmm. choreograph something to. And then um, I, I'll listen to it a few times. And then if I feel that spark, like, okay, like if I feel the spark at the end of the song, like, oh, yes, that would be a great act. Mm-hmm. Then I usually will develop something from that. Because it, it sounds like there has to be a tremendous amount of visualization. Not oh, yes. only with your- In my head, yes. Yeah, not only with choreographing costuming, outfit, yeah, your costume, yep, and the music. Yes, I'm actually why this feels fresh in my brain to discuss this because I'm actually developing a new act to a Selena song to mm. um, which one am I doing? Baila esta cumbia. Mm-hmm. And so the last few days I've been listening to the song and imagining the costuming, imagining the choreography, which isn't that much choreography since I'm mostly getting inspiration from. How Selena moved, mm-hmm. so I'm not really having machine, to think. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so I don't really have to think too much about it. But uh, but it's still you know finding that connection with it and imagining, visualizing what it would look like. So you went from from burlesque, you got into rockabilly, and I'll put up an image that I found. Ah mm-hmm. um, oh, yes, that's by Angela Morales. Yeah, th- this image you're sitting in a part of like '53 Chevy. Yep. Um, what, what's it like for you when you do it? The difference, because now you're obviously not shaking or taking clothes off. You're posing. Yes. What, what, is, do you prefer one versus the other? Mm, I prefer dancing. Mm. <laughs> but I love I love photography and modeling because mm. I love having I love having those memories to look back on and remember that, that day and and like oh yeah I remember putting that outfit together because that particular outfit. I put it together in maybe five minutes because mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't meant to shoot with Angela that day, uh, the photographer. Um, she was shooting other models at mm-hmm. my house. And so I was assisting and setting, you know, helping with the lights and whatnot. And there was a little bit of free time. And so she said, go, go change, put something together and let's take some pictures. Mm. So, of course, I'm like, all right. Yep. I'm on it. Let's do this. So I put that outfit together. So that's that's fun part of that as well because it's essentially like costuming where i have mm-hmm. to you know visualize what the image would look like and what particular setting i'm given mm-hmm. and, and that's been an interesting I'm, I'm sure have you tripped out on how that pinup thing has really kind of come back with the vengeance oh my gosh it's yeah at, at, least, at least i was at the um and unfortunately i missed your booth when i went to the car show the other day Oh, you went to Karen, the Whittier. Yeah, yes. I, I think I've commented. I'm like, where are you? Whatever. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I wasn't the guy on the corner. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> it 
fogging up the window. Who was that? Fogging up the window. (laughs) Inside the business? No, it wasn't. (laughs) Two little eyes Hmm. and a mouth. (laughs) The mystery remains. Who was that? But (laughs) one thing I tripped out on was, you know, there was like girls, you know, coming. And it was cool to see, I guess, uh, you know, with their families, the husbands off to the side and photographer in tow and, you know. (laughs) The person carrying the flash, whatever. Yeah, and I was, and they were just pulling up to cars and, and taking picture. What's that like? Because has that changed? I mean, has that increased from when you, you know, first started? I feel like it has a little bit. Yes, mm-hmm. it uh, seems like everybody's kind of jumping on that that bandwagon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some that should should that are doing it that shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> just, but I feel it's. It, but I think it's <laughs> great. You know. Because they might not know yeah. the background of it. And I feel that's that's one of the differentiations is that yeah. they might not be familiar with the history and the background. And they're yeah. probably just looking up images on Pinterest and putting outfits mm-hmm. together based on that. So it's not dress up. Well, P- I feel like for them it is. For no, some of them it's just dressing True up. True pin up is, yeah. is the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle of not only just you creating it, like you said, you're not looking up on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. All this is the outfits that they're using. Right. And I paid this photographer to lug whatever, a couple right. hundred pounds of gear around and somebody <laughs> carry their flash. And I took a picture and shoot everybody away from the car. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, right. You know, for me, I'm like, that's cool. You know, I mean, if that's yeah. what you want to do, because in and the they got to start somewhere. Well, in the end, it promotes good and bad. Mm-hmm. At least what, you know. Some people joke around, like, every girl thinks they're a pinup now, you know? Yeah. Because they, whatever. They yeah, I, I can't disagree with that comment. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's but, what I noticed this year at the car show. Yes. Because I think they even did the the, um, the pinup contest. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, chumps, don't you know Ruby's right there? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I'm going to go take that trophy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that that's part of it. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's hard to find people that are doing it truly out of the love being able to make your own costumes choreograph your own stuff Mm -hmm. uh, because now that's bought you into what you're doing now and what you got going on now is retro rivera yes tell us about that well because i don't have enough to do (laughs) (laughs) i um i had actually had this what i call brain baby Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, five years ago, about mm-hmm. five years ago. Um, yeah, it was 2009. How long ago was that? That was a while ago. No, it was probably 2010, 2011. Anyhow, um, I had always been driving by this empty storefront mm-hmm. and, and then I had gotten some friends saying, you should, you should open up a store. You should open a store and sell, sell the clothes and you, cause you know, everybody likes your style, etc. And after driving the after driving through or driving by rather that storefront, I started thinking, what what hap- what about if I do open up mm-hmm. a storefront? Let me look into that. So I looked into it. I wrote a business plan and went to uh, some free like advising people mm-hmm. to help me put together the business plan. My dad helped me a lot with the numbers because I hate numbers. Mm-hmm. And sh- long story short, I. I discovered, well, I can't afford it. <laughs> it costs a lot of money to open up a mm-hmm. storefront. And so then I had a few people tell me, start online and then mm-hmm. see how it goes and then open up the storefront. 
And at the time, I just thought, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. I don't have money to ba- pay somebody to build the website because mm. that costs money as well. So I put that thought, my brain baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the back burner. And uh, let's see, two years ago, um, my day job, I had gotten a pay cut. Mm-hmm. And so then I had a friend of mine tell me again, start up your store and you know, develop it and work on it. And ultimately that could become another income for you. And so then the idea started to become a little bit more realistic. And I researched on developing my own website, building my own website, my own store, mm-hmm. and basically doing everything myself, which I preferred because that way I can work on it myself and I don't have to email or call somebody and ask them to change this or that or add this item and mm-hmm. change this price, etc. So I thought it'd ultimately be better if I could just do it myself. Mm-hmm. So you figured <laughs> so it out. I figured it out. Yeah. So, so I launched Retro Riviera mm-hmm. May uh, 2015. So Retro Riviera is what? It's an lo- online website for... Yes. Retro Riviera is a retail mm-hmm. online boutique. It's women's fashion. It's uh, I, my, I call it a Modern fashion with retro style because mm-hmm. it's it's new clothing, okay. but it all has a a retro look to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I personally curate the collection, mm-hmm. so I I pick items that that have a timeless look to them because mm-hmm. I want it to be something that a person will have in their closet for a year or more. You know, a couple mm-hmm. years. I don't want it to be something that they wear just this summer. I, I'd like to see them keep it for a couple seasons. So it, it's because in, in vintage clothes, mm-hmm. so it's they're hard to come by. Yes. The original clothes, they're hard to come by. Prices are exorbitant. Yeah. And usually the condition is usually suffering, you know, because time does and washing machines and everything else does bad things to clothes. Yes. So what you're offering now is a chance for people to own vintage inspired clothes, basically. Exactly. That are new. Yes. And accessible. Exactly. Yes. And the ease of their home. They could just log in through their phone or whatever and mm-hmm. purchase it. Yep. Just with a couple clicks, they can place their order or find me at uh, different car shows mm-hmm. or different vending opportunities, mm-hmm. pop-up shops that I might be able to to be at. And mm-hmm. then they can come and, you know, try the clothes on and actually see them in person if they prefer that as well. So in other words, you're kind of even like a stylist in, regards to, in that regard to be able to go. Because mm-hmm. you said you curate the collection, so you're able to go. This and this looks good. Yes. And so a girl can come in, or female, can come in and say, you know, I'm not sure, right? Yes. I'm not sure. I, I like this look. I love watching I Love Lucy. I love watching old 50s movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't, so you, you'll walk them through it, right? Yes. To be able to, to or even do, do you have on there like outfits that you suggest that look good or that they can just kind of... Yes. Well, what seems to be working is me wearing the clothes <laughs> and posting them. Because yeah. when I when I get something new, when I get a new item and I post the stock photo mm-hmm. that the manufacturer has, yeah. I don't seem to get very many orders from that. Yeah. But once I take a picture with that particular top, skirt, dress, outfit, mm-hmm. and post it, then I will get orders. Because then so it becomes three-dimensional, right? Yes, I feel like it helps them see it on an actual person, and an actual person that's real, like I have mm. curves, and mm-hmm. I'm petite. So it's. I feel like it gives them a realistic 
idea of what it would look like on them. So, because obviously once you put it on and you take pictures of it, some people are, I mean, tremendous fans, right? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, have you ever had an experience where you're like, okay, that was kind of odd? Um, I have had one uncomfortable experience, Mm -hmm. yes. Don't say it was mine. No, <laughs> not kidding. at all. Not at all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But but no, because it is because when you when you put yourself out there, right? Yes. On social media, which is something I'm barely becoming comfortable with. Uh, up until February when I started, this was, you know, we were lucky to get the whole 13th floor. Yeah. <laughs> this building in here. <laughs> um, it was something that was hard for me to. I was always used to just being behind the scenes. Sure. Because from a website, yeah, just like you, I do it all myself. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's no staff, there's no <laughs> army of interns. Be nice. Right. But uh, I've had to learn it. Right. And figure it out and make mistakes, but I've learned. Mm-hmm. And But it was hard for me to get used to being now, not necessarily in front of the camera because the camera's kind of going to the side. So it's I'm looking at <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> So people are, you know, it's been weird, you know, because then, sure. yeah, people sometimes, whatever, you're somewhere and somebody looks at you or comes up to you and. Yeah. Hey, so, so has, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't carry a Sharpie around. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I should, but I yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, I uh, I think after I wrote that article, uh, I think you believe you sent me a five by seven. Oh. And that was so cool because I, you wrote on it and it looked. To me, it was like, okay, Ruby is totally just an awesome person because <laughs> it was one of those things where, you know, some people try to fake it, right? They mm-hmm. try to go out of their way to be the 50s that persona. role model, right? Mm-hmm. And I sat there and looked at it and I'm like, this is like one of those old truth pictures where you put on the side of your bed and <laughs> or in your desk right. and it has writing, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Uh, that people now go buy in the antique malls and... Mm-hmm. Yes. By their memories, right? Right. There's no connection to it. But have you, so you, you said there was one uncomfortable experience. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, but have you, do you, do you, do you like that? I mean, do you like that people are, it, because you are a good person. I mean, you seem, I don't know, maybe you have a mean streak. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe you're going to leave here and you're like, well, I am called a Spitfire <laughs> for a reason. Yeah, I was going to get to that. You know, Mexican and Spitfire. Yeah. Spitfire. You know, the on. chiquita pero picosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. True story. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it seems that you've adjusted to it well. Even when I had the wise guys here, I had Frankie oh, and yes. his brother here. Yeah. And uh, I, I brought up just that I'd seen them because they performed there too. At the, mm-hmm. uh, the I performed with them. Yeah. He brought that up too. Yeah. And, and I was like, no, oh, Ruby's like, she seems like a total legit person. And he's like, yeah, she is. Like, Frankie, it's your fifth beer. Relax. No. <laughs> he's like, I have the pasties. And I'm like, relax, Frankie. <laughs> I let him borrow a pair. I'm kidding. Maybe not. <laughs> um, good times. Good times. But, you know, it's important that you a person has a good reputation. People nowadays don't realize how much a reputation and the things that we do and the way we interact with people carries on more than a post that gets, whatever, 900 likes in 20 minutes. Sure. Our reputation in, in, in whatever industries we're in or whatever scenes or societies or cultures that we're in, mm-hmm. they carry way more weight than any great podcast I can do or any great 
outfit or definitely business because so you're not only a burlesque dancer you which is to choreograph your own stuff mm-hmm. design your outfits mm-hmm. pick your music you got retro rear which is you're a businesswoman yes and, and you did it out of necessity right you said the the, the yes, fact that i yeah i ultimately started it so i can hopefully have another income it hasn't worked out that way yet you know, but as, I'm working on it. But you know, the thing was also that you said that you wrote a business plan. I was like, I think I put like five stars next to that right <laughs> here on my little paper. Yeah. Just because most people, they just take a leap and they believe, oh, I have a dream. Mm-hmm. I have a vision for what I want without even realizing what are all the nuts and bolts to get there. Oh, sure. That they just go off and then all of a sudden they're, you know, 20, 30,000 in the hole and going, my dream, my vision, my passion. Mm-hmm. So you had... You had a business sense, an intellect to go, I need to make sure everything, all my P's and Q's and T's are dot crossed and I's are dotted. Yes. In order to proceed. Yes. And then when you realize, okay, the, because it was, it probably would have been, you know, a storefront, right? Was that what you're looking at? Right. Yeah. It would have been like $60,000 yeah. or something. And I'm like, I'm never going to have that kind of money or get a loan for that much. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and hoping that it would take off because mm-hmm. just because you wanted I think one time I was talking to a pomade company owner and, and we were talking and, you know, he was a very, 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 very successful person. And he was telling me about just all these projects he has going on and mm-hmm. stuff that he wants to do. And I said, you know, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you should do it. True. You have to stop and think, which you did. You right. did. You said, you know, I, and it took its form when you got a swift kick in your butt saying, yep. hey, wages are chopped and. This yep. is the Wild West. I have to go out and, and make it happen. Exactly. Yep. Which isn't fun. No. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think either of us are trust fund babies in that regard. No. So you have Retro Riviera. You also have your website. Yes. Uh, RubyChampagne.com. It's mm-hmm. just like a simple website where you can read a little par- paragraph about me. Mm-hmm. And um, most of my show information, it's much easier to just post it on Facebook and Instagram which mm-hmm. isn't all that easy because thanks to the algorithms and whatnot, people might not see my post for yeah, three bastards, days. Uh, yes. Bastards, yeah, the oh, whole turn so, on your notifications. And, oh, my gosh. It's so um, maddening. Mm-hmm. But um, so I don't know. Yeah, because I feel like people are already on Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram. So for me to put it on my website, I feel like it would, you know, that's an extra step to have people take. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to bother mm-hmm. <laughs> doing that yeah so um but it is just a simple website where i have some pictures and um and about me and i have a link to ruby champagne merchandise mm-hmm. so are you wearing something that from i actually yes i'm wearing a top that i am currently featuring mm-hmm. in my summer collection 2017 mm-hmm. um i call this the roomba ruffle top mm-hmm. it's been a very popular seller which is great i love seeing the gals that are posting pictures on social media wearing this top it's mm-hmm. really fun i love that that's mm-hmm. like one of the things that i absolutely love and that that fuels me to keep going and to keep pursuing it because you're influencing right you're influencing people. yes and i and i love that i'm that I'm helping women feel good mm-hmm. and confident and sexy and beautiful. I absolutely love that. Mm. It's it's such a rewarding feeling. And you brought some other items, right? I did. I brought some goodies. So I, I just got these new Retro Riviera paper fans. Mm-hmm. 
So it's this little lavender paper fan with a Retro Riviera label, mm-hmm. which I designed, or not label, logo. Mm-hmm. I designed the logo, but I had to have somebody digitally create it because I don't know how to do that stuff. Not yet. <laughs> but I drew it and created that. And so I, I am going to include these in uh, goodie bags that I donate for pinup contests mm-hmm. that I sponsor. So uh, pinup contestants will will get one of these paper fans. But I'm also including them in some of the orders, mm-hmm. depending on the minimum price. Yeah. And I'll, I'll include a so little paper fan. you can show that to the camera. Fan. You can see yourself oh, yeah. there. See a little Retro Riviera fan, paper mm-hmm. fan. Oh, keep you keep you cool. Yes. Even and then I sell cold. these as yeah. well at the car shows. These are three bucks. Mm. Yeah. Keep you cool even when it's cold, right? Yeah. And, and then I mean? also have a Retro Riviera koozie. Mm-hmm. A little koozie, and these I I give out. Mm-hmm. These are fun. I should actually use it right now. <laughs> How handy! Yeah, Yay. right. Yeah, we don't want to get our, hurt our hands with drinking cold beer. Right? Yes. And koozie, it keeps it safe. We should always have koozies. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is a brand new item that mm-hmm. I have put together, and this was actually I should look up who commented. There was a. A person had commented on this particular image that I posted on Instagram. And somebody had commented, this would be a great air freshener. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's a really awesome idea. Mm -hmm. Let me look into that. So I did. And the photographer that took this picture, Chris Gomez, um, I had mentioned to him, what do you think about making this image into an air freshener? And he was all excited. He had been wanting to do an air freshener mm-hmm. for the longest time. So, da 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 da. <laughs> we have a Ruby Champagne air freshener with an image by Chris Gomez. That is an amazing photo. And it's a lavender scent. Wow. Yes. I also have another one that um, that I have with a Mexican hat. Mm. And um, it's like a beige color. And that one's a pineapple scent. Yes. So these are available online. Okay. You can get them through Chris Gomez's website and mm-hmm. also through my website. Mm-hmm. And they're, well, on the website, they're eight bucks because I can't, long story short, they're just eight dollars if you buy them online. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just send a straight PayPal at, for five bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are five dollars. Okay. Yeah. So you have a lot of, not only is it the clothing, the apparel. Um, yeah, because I'm not busy. <laughs> <laughs> so. You, you got other items, yes. right, accessories um, that you're selling. And so what is your – oh, also you, you're affiliated or you participate in uh, the Lucha Libre, right? Lucha Vavum. Lucha Vavum. Yes, I'm a is, ring girl. Tell us what that is. Lucha Vavum is a ridiculously awesome, crazy show. There's mm-hmm. nothing like it. It's uh, Mexican wrestlers, luchadores, mm-hmm. and burlesque, bugsoticas. Mm-hmm. And um, there's all kinds of crazy Mexican wrestling, and there's uh, the little people wrestling, and um, different characters like Dirty Sanchez, um, El Mariachi Loco. I recently was his ring girl mm-hmm. for the last match in uh, Riverside. Um, and then, so I'm a ring girl, so I come out with the different luchador, whichever mm-hmm. one they pair me up with that particular night. Okay. And it's just a crazy fun time. <laughs> It sounds fun because Lucha Libre is real wrestling. Oh, yes. Real. It's like it should be an Olympic sport. <laughs> so you're uh, affiliated with them and you participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were uh, Miss Viva Las Vegas, right? Yes, in 2010. Now, was that like, what was that experience like? 
That was another fantastically amazing, memorable experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yes, that was so amazing because it I had I had entered that competition before, mm -hmm. maybe the year before or the year prior, and I was a few votes shy of of getting into the competition because back then it was um, all all voted in, like mm -hmm. all the contestants were voted in from the online votes. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of tampering and whatnot, so <laughs> they've changed the structure of yeah, that throughout yeah. the years. But uh, but back then, it was still through online votes. So I ha I didn't make it the first time that I had entered. Mm -hmm. So when I made it for the 2010 competition, it was exhilarating because I thought, oh my gosh, I finally did it, yeah. and that's great. And I always I'm not I'm not very competitive. Like by nature, I'm not competitive. Mm -hmm. So. For me to be in the competition, I thought, well, I'm just grateful for the opportunity and I'm so excited to just perform yeah. and just to have a great time and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I went in. And yeah, and then I won. You won. <laughs> and yep. that was, oh my gosh, it was amazing because to this day, I feel like I've never heard the crowd cheer as loud as they did. Mm -hmm. and, I th and I thought maybe it's just because it was me, mm -hmm. but no, really, like it was really loud. And they said that, it almost broke the clapometer thingy that they had. Wow. Yeah. It That's was really cool. loud. <laughs> well, people were probably really happy, you know, really happy that you won and fans, you know. Yeah. Fans and I, fans. I actually had people, because I was walking around the car show earlier that day and I was um, encouraging people to attend the competition mm -hmm. and that I was going to be competing, etc. And a lot of people actually went. And wow. so even years later, people will come up and say, well, yeah, I went to the competition when you won Viva because uh -huh. we saw you at the car show and you said to go, so we mm -hmm. did. <laughs> so it's like, oh my gosh, that's really awesome. Then you ended up on a wine bottle. Yeah, well, champagne. Champagne. Yes. With, um, I have a sparkling wine. Sparkling wine. That has my face and name on it, yes. <laughs> More than your face and your name on there. I think it's all your whole well, body. Well, yeah, it has my whole body, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've noticed. But uh, yeah, that's... Um, Michael Cobb, Sort This Out Sellers. Yes, Sort This Out Sellers, yes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah he's, a, he's a good friend, and I'm sure you guys are, you've been up there, right, to their, he has uh The tasting this, room? Yeah, but he has that, he even has that little pin-up. Oh, yes, is it? yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's like a pin-up contest, yeah, 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 and then he, the winner, he'll put them on a new, bottle, yeah. a new, new label, yes. So, man, Ruby, I don't, I, you do so much. <laughs> I do. Was there anything that we missed? Hmm, I don't think so. I think we've covered it all. So what's your future? What's the oh you know, have you done any acting? Um have I done acting? I actually and did I don't take mean like, acting oh I like classes. that person. I so I'm gonna like and pretend. No, I mean like really <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh I act all the time. Sure. Oh, every day. No. <laughs> I'm acting right now. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <Tell No. laughs> have you done any formal acting? Or um well, I've done like some extra work because actually the the year that I won Viva, they were also doing the Viva Las Vegas documentary. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm in that documentary about Viva Las Vegas 13. Mm. I have yet to see it. I've only seen the snippets that I would see when they would play it in the casino. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, that's me. Yeah, okay. Um, so the people that were producing that, they... They liked my look, mm -hmm. and they thought I had a good uh, camera mm -hmm. presence. So they offered me acting classes. 
So as long as I attended the classes, they would send me out to auditions. So I did that for a while, but after I had lived in Hollywood, so it was convenient. But then when I moved to Long Beach, it was it was too too tough to make the drive to the classes. And then I was working at uh, LAX at the time, so to make the auditions, it was just it was just hmm. nearly impossible to make most of the auditions that they but were you, trying but to you send made me an to. Attempt. You, you 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 experienced it. I did make an attempt, and I did do some extra work. So I mm-hmm. was in one of the like a mini series they had on TNT. Mm-hmm. I was like a backup dancer on there. I have a video clip of it. I'm on there for like 20 seconds. Oh. But it's mostly my back. Um, I did an episode that was about a burlesque dancer and I actually auditioned for the the burlesque dancer, the speaking part. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't get that part, but I became an extra for that for mm-hmm. uh, curb your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. So, yeah. Nice. So I did kind of dabble in the acting thing, I guess. Jeez. Is there anything you haven't done? I know. <laughs> have Gosh. you done a podcast before? Have I done a podcast? Um, I don't remember. I remember doing something at a studio, and I remember it was by LAX. And one of my good friends, Leslie Rocks, she came with me. But I don't remember if it was a podcast or radio. Hmm. So I don't know. Just say I'm your first. That's you it. are my first podcast. <laughs> then that's all I need. <laughs> um, projects. So you have Retro Vieira. Uh, yes. You're still dancing. Yes. Um, what do you have in the future? Well, let me tell you. Take over the world. <laughs> Rule the world, like Madonna said. <laughs> I was thinking Pinky the Brain. What shall <laughs> we do tomorrow? <laughs> rule to the world. <laughs> I just want to rule a little bit. <laughs> no, I don't even want to rule it. That's too much work. Yeah. I just do stuff that I'm happy doing. Mm-hmm. That's that's what. Yeah. Basically, at this point in my life, I do what makes me happy. I do what I want, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> okay. And, um, but I, you know, I'm always professional about it, and I'm, I have a, you know, a brain about. It. I have to think about it logically mm-hmm. because, um, like, you know, we're just thinking of the repercussions if there's going to be any. Then, so many things are exposed online. So. Um, I don't post a lot of stuff about my personal life mm-hmm. for that reason because it's, you know, and I, I feel like it, you know, it kind of kills the illusion yeah. of of my stage person, which is ultimately the same person. Yeah. But they don't need to know that yeah. I had a crappy day at work. You yeah. know, that's, they don't need to know that. You hate your family and, you know, and fucking the world is. Yeah. Like my brother pissed me off. Nobody <laughs> needs to know that. Drama. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I. I refrain from from so sharing drama, those drama kinds free, of drama things. Free. I am. I I really am, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm super thankful for the people that I do have in my life, and that do help me and and believe in me and support mm-hmm. my and support what I do. Um, what was I going to say? Future. Yes, my future. So yes, I'm doing what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as you know, what's going to be best for me and my future. I, I'm ultimately thinking about my future and mm-hmm. what's going to help me down the road. Uh, also, because Retro Riviera, I feel like burlesque, I I love doing it, but let's face it, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, you know, in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Retro Riviera is a smart segue to have into hopefully something that I can have in 20 years. So everything's evolving and progressing. Yes. Not staying, you know, not going to be out there. Maybe maybe if you're 60 and you feel like for shits and kicks going out there to dance. Yeah, if I wanted to. But yeah, but I don't expect it to be a career because exactly. it's not even a career right now. I mean, it is a career, but I'm not 
making money. I mean, the money I make, I, it goes back into costuming or, you know, you it goes back into something. You're reinvesting in yourself. Yes, exactly. Same with the store right now. Everything that I make is, it's, it goes right back into the store and I buy, buy new items or I buy merchandise to help promote. But um, future-wise, I'm really excited about my burlesque part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be going to Europe mm-hmm. in the fall. So I'll be performing in the Swiss Burlesque Festival. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, super excited about that. Nice. And then I got some gigs in Italy and Paris. Nice. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that because that's been like one of my personal goals and dreams is to perform more in Europe. I've performed in London, but I wanted to perform elsewhere, not just in London. So I I'm super excited to finally accomplish that mm. well i'll have to get you in contact with uh one of the only barber shops in paris oh really and this guy's like super hooked up with like doc martens out there and he, they do a lot of big events oh awesome and i think somebody in italy they're like in this little town i want i don't remember what it's called but i'm it's, going to be in treviso i don't know this, this, it's like a little it's my century little town with the backdrop is the alps and Literally, his his barbershop's called La Torre, and it's oh. in the tower of an old castle. How amazing. 12th century, because there's still ruins. Yeah, yeah. And people, you know, left them and, and whatever. But yeah, sure. well, I'll definitely, because I'm, I'm one about the people I work with and the people that I know, if they're going somewhere to me, it's like, hey, because then it helps those folks out there too. Sure. Because they didn't have to make the connection or they're unable to mm-hmm. make the connection here. Not everybody can travel to the States and. Right. You know, meet the people they need to meet and the right people. Exactly. So yes. Definitely, I'll pass that on. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, let's see. Well, future-wise, as well, Retro Revere. Just, I'm just gonna keep, keep doing the thing with Retro Revere mm-hmm. and see where it goes. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure and an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. Hopefully you had a good time. I did. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been quite lovely. (laughs) (laughs) What more can we ask for? So that'll wrap up this episode of the LodgeCast. So make sure you tune in on our website, gentlemansavenue.com forward slash the LodgeCast on our Instagram, on Twitter, and also on, you can download it on iTunes and Google Play. So until next time, be well, my friends. Bye.